Hey everyone, welcome to episode 207 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We're 11 episodes into this whole life of social distancing and week six in the written words of Paul to the Colossians of old and the Orlandonians of 2020 in this current series that we've been enjoying. The big news this week is that I am happy to report that as we are taping this, our new podcast, Speaking of Grace, is going to debut on May the 19th. That is Tuesday evening. For those of you listening, and if you're listening to this, you've already missed it, go back and check it out. Because many of you have asked for a weekly message to be available in the podcast format. And because you've asked, you've received. So before we go any further, press pause right now and go search for Speaking of Grace in whatever podcast app you're using and subscribe or swipe up in today's show notes for the link to our new webpage, wholelife.church slash podcast. Everything you need for both podcasts is there to contact us, give us your feedback, and to listen and share both of those shows. Press the share button while you're there and send the show to someone the Holy Spirit has put on your heart. Maybe it's someone you've been meaning to invite to church or simply reconnect with. Send them a link and say, hey, I just started listening to this new podcast and I thought of you. Hope it brings you peace. Let's connect soon. Something like that. Super easy. So now that you're back, you've pressed share, you've subscribed to the new podcast. If you haven't had the opportunity to watch or listen to this week's message, I would encourage you not to miss Andy's opening few minutes where he brought some really much needed perspective on COVID-19. A challenge also to be kind and gracious to each other, despite our differences in our views and practices. And as followers of Jesus, to be reminded of and heed the golden rule. Andy, this was something that we probably needed. Are you getting feedback that this was something we needed to hear again? Because you've mentioned this before. <laughs> I just I just know I just know humanity. <laughs> I was just imagining as I was listening to the message that on Andy's little note pages there that he had a list of people that had sent him emails about, hey, could you mention for my neighbor to be nicer to me or so and so? Because you know. <laughs> But do check it out because during this time, there's been a lot of us that have just needed a little extra oomph, a little raise up. And, and I think you even gave the five uh, the five things to be happier during this time from our our friend, the Russian, who was. Yeah. And the time Sharon. Yeah, yeah, that's those, it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to miss those. So there's a lot of good information in those first couple minutes that you're not going to want to miss. All right. This week, we moved on to Colossians chapter three. The 17 verses in Colossians is, I'm not sure, it's kind of a mixed bag for those that are just trying to understand a little more, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let, just a little bit. You know, let God lead a little more and grow in his love just a little more. We're encouraged early on that, you know, we've been raised to new life with Christ and we're all, oh, doesn't that feel good? And we're supposed to think about the things of heaven but then immediately following, we're challenged or at least given this idea that we to get rid of anger and rage, malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. I mean, these all sound like pretty easy things to get rid of. And of course, good riddance if we can do it. That is until I started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at myself and I'm going, what do these actually mean? Like anger. I'm like, oh, how have I had anger overreacting to my kids behavior? Uh, over this whole thing, you know, during all this COVID-19. Yeah, that's happened. Rage. Geez, anytime I drive on I-4 before, during, and probably after the ultimate is complete. I'm sure that's still going to be there. <laughs> Malicious behavior, the gossip that we just can't say no to listening to. And then, oh, maybe I should share just a little bit. Or slander, going out of our way and giving unsolicited opinions about people that did us wrong. Or maybe we can just tell 
they're not very Christ-like like they should be. And dirty language, the dirty joke or colorful language we've all used and laughed at because it's funny. One of these is bad enough, and then many can check off multiples, <laughs> probably all of them, on occasion. How do we keep ourselves from letting all of this pile up on top of us until we just cry uncle and go, I don't know, Andy, I'm not sure I can do any of these things. And I'm not not doing it like bootstrap, but just the thought of trying to work on all these things seems pretty heavy. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> yeah, I can see how that might might arise. You know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, if indeed coming to Christ is dying to an old life and arising to a new life, oh, that sounds good. Uh, then, then these are these are just. I think Paul's describing what's really confusing a little bit is you died with Christ and you were risen. Now your life is hidden in Him, and then you come a few verses later. Well, we're supposed to die to these things, and then in verse eight, <laughs> we're supposed to rid our lives of these things. You know, so I thought we were already dead. Yeah. And in the, I think the reality is, is that probably the pressure on us about this stuff comes when we have some kind of expectation of perfection that, that I'm, I'm supposed to, this is supposed to happen. And now I'm supposed to be perfect. Hmm. Um, as, as opposed to, Hey, I am a sinner. Let's, let's get that point really nailed down. Good. I'm a <laughs> sinner. Saved by grace. Reporting for duty. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, the, you know, to, to allow these things to, to be taken from our lives and to recognize when they rise up again that, okay, let them be taken from our lives, you know, and, and not, not get overly anxious. How's that? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You, you know, we, when you think about these things, you know, cause they're all, I would call them good symptoms to to be mindful of. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, when you think about it, Paul's saying, "Hey, these are these behaviors that I'm that I'm asking you to put away. Those are those are actually just outward displays of something that's inward." And and as you think about those things, and as you put those things away, those are the those are the pieces that help you understand what is going on inside. God wants you know, and God that's how He works. He works from the inside out. And so, as He's doing those things, it's it, and I don't you know I don't want to uh, you know misrepresent what this this text is saying, but we can understand a little bit of our journey. And make these things somewhat positive as you see some of these behaviors falling off. There are actually some good things as a result of when these, when we die to those behaviors, we start to realize that God's actually working inside as well. I mean, it's just, it's just a different way of looking at it from the standpoint of when Paul says, shed those things, do away with those things. As those things go, there are some positive pieces that, that happen as a result of it. Yeah, when he says put the put the death of things of our old life to which we died, I mean yeah. it's like okay, we're supposed to be dead to these things already, <laughs> and you know the I think I think the reality is to 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 embrace who we are in Jesus Christ and remain fully human is a interesting balancing act. Um, it has lots of paradoxes and it has lots of how do you hold these two things simultaneously. God sees me absolutely perfect in his son, Jesus Christ. And yet today I yelled at my dog, you know, <laughs> you know kind of thing. I got, I got, I went out, I went off on my wife, you know, whatever, whatever it is. 
I think keeping those in that 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 does not mean I'm lost or I'm I'm no longer life died and hidden in Christ. It means that the flesh has raised up its head, and it's, it's okay. Let's 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 deal with that and move on now. Well, I like. Yeah, this. I, I think. It, yeah, I think it means actually too that it is something that we realize in our humanity we are still broken people, right? And are we are very much in need of someone to continue to work every day, continue to work in our life. Yeah, when Jeff and I were talking about this a little before the message. Um, he said something that stuck in my head, and uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about it again, Jeff. But, you know, it, it says that because of these things, the anger of God is coming. Um, mm. these, these things we're supposed to have died to or let go of and that kind of thing. And because of these things, the anger of God is coming. And, and I think our egocentric um, all-about-me lives immediately interpret that the anger of God is coming against me. Right, it's personal, right? Yeah, and Jeff pointed out that how about the anger of God is coming against sin, and that he he hates sin, and he wants it to be done away with. And so his anger is coming against these things, and there will come a time when they won't raise up their old ugly heads again. We have to play a whack-a-mole with them. You know, they'll be gone because his anger will remove that forever from our universe it, it's it's a it's a really a little bit of a different angle i thought was interesting well i like it because like you've mentioned it makes it seem like there that we can start looking at the positives it doesn't always have to be like you said andy sometimes when we are sure we've put one of these or some of our other old sinful nature wickedness to death we discover it has resurrected because while in christ we are perfect and this is our real life we still live life in the here and now and what paul calls the flesh as a way of reappearing if we think about those words and look at it from like you said that jeff there's some benefit here there's some good things and there's some positive things and focus more on that because i really feel like this is something that our self-talk is so bad when it comes to stuff like this. And, you know, man, I did it again. I, I said I wasn't going to do it. And then here I am. And, you know, I think we talked about last week a little bit, Paul saying the things that I don't want to yeah. do are the things that I do. And so it's not like he's offering us some kind of magic pill that's going to take away all this just because we're new in Christ, because we have to be able to feel good about this because well, otherwise. It's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I, I think we have to be able to find a way to think about these in in this new life in a positive way, because otherwise, you know, how can we possibly think on the things of heaven when our minds are consistently drawn to the negativity, which almost to me, and I'm just speaking personally here, that when you go down that road, it's just like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, so what the heck? Let's just do it, right? I mean, I, I know I can't stop it. It's going to reappear. Let's just do it. <laughs> and instead of the positive of, you know what? There's some really good – you know, your mindset plays such a such an important part in this, I think. Sure, and I, I think the, the, our battle is where our focus is. Hmm. And so as, as, as soon as we mess up, as, as soon as we see one of these things that we're supposed to have died to rise up in us – we tend to focus on it, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and and we all do all this self-flagellation stuff about it. And Paul, or the author of Hebrews, at least tells us, you know, fix your eyes on Christ. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. So really, whenever we whenever we find ourselves wallowing at all 
uh, navel gazing at all. We got <laughs> we got we got we got a focus problem, and we need to refocus and say, "Look, wait a second, I'm a mess. Jesus is perfect. Let me focus on Jesus. <laughs> you know, this is a much better yeah. place to focus." Yeah, we we don't think about pain as being uh, our friend. Hmm. We 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 want to do away with pain, and yet pain is actually there for a real good purpose. And you know, it's like the leper who who doesn't have pain; he actually destroys himself. You know, right. it, it, it's a situation where you need that pain to warn you. And I think sometimes, just like Andy said, I think sometimes we want to self-flagellate. We just are so into the fact that we want to do away with this pain that we start to, you know, we start to think that it is a situation that if I can hurt myself or beat up on myself alone, maybe I'll suffer enough to the where I won't feel it. But most of the time, and Andy does counseling like this as well, whenever we see somebody who's, who's really done something really bad in a relationship, the one thing that they are always, they come back, you know, if the relationship survives that and can come back, that person always remembers and thinks back of how awesome the forgiveness was mm. that he received or she received in that relationship. When, when they did something so wrong in that relationship and bruised that other person so much that they, rather than beating up on themselves, they start to realize that it's going to be really important for this relationship to survive if I understand how gracious the other person was. And I think that's what it is. God's forgiveness and grace is what brings us back to him. That's a good place to put your focus. I like that. I mean, but I can hear someone from a long distance off saying, it's because you believe in watered down grace. I mean, you haven't truly died to self until you get serious about James and a little less Paul centric in your life. You know, you're always <laughs> going to have this problem. And this this seems much more logical sometimes, especially when we're deep in the struggle in the flesh. So maybe more than anything, like you talked about, Andy, having, you know, looking up and, and looking at ahead and looking at Jesus and looking at the things of heaven. I mean, it sounds very simple. And I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it might be the best advice we have against the flesh. Yeah. Well, I think so. And I, I think that the quotation I used from Steps of Christ toward the end of the message. Oh, that was good. Sort of nails that whole thing that the person who says we've got cheap grace or we've got easy grace. And if we need to get more into the law, um, I just that's the, the whole idea that even if we are overcome by the enemy, it says we are not cast on the forsaken, not rejected of God. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, just take a little, and I don't, I don't say this in any way to diminish a life of faithfulness. I believe in that. Absolutely. But we, we, we should take a chill pill a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and I, you know, I have never actually heard that quote that you listed from Steps of Christ. And I'm, as long as you mentioned it, I'm going to read it here. It says, to such, I would say, do not draw back in despair. We shall often have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus because of our shortcomings and mistakes. But we are not to be discouraged. Even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off, not forsaken and rejected by God. Why? Because, praise God, we are not saved by our good works and our obedience, and we are not lost by our bad works. Man, we are not lost by our bad works. Now, the last sentence is not a quote from Seth's Christ. <laughs> is, it, is it not? Okay. <laughs> no. It, it reject, re, rejected of God's were the quotation. <laughs> and then I said, why that? Why is that true? It's because 
we're not saved by our good works and we're not <laughs> lost by our bad ones. Well, you know, yeah. I uh, I think that was even a better quote, but you know, that might be. <laughs> So I like that one better. So how about that? See, I told you I'd never heard that one before. So I I was being truthful there. But I I liked it because a lot of times we talk about, you know, the whole bootstrap mentality and I need to add something. And we've talked about that. Anytime we try to add, we slosh the perfect Jesus out of our bucket and now we're Jesus deficient. But if you look at it from the other way and say, I'm not lost because of it, not just I can help, but I'm not lost because of my mistakes it's almost like the negative becomes the positive. Yes, this has happened, but I'm not lost because of maybe that's the part we need to remember not to pull up harder on the bootstraps. Right. That's why Paul begins this part of the passage saying, Hey, you have died with Christ and you have been risen in him. And now your life is hidden with Christ and God. I mean, that's, that's where, that's your condition. That's your condition. Now, there's going to be choices, there's going to be things, there's going to be decisions, there's going to be bad bad turns, good turns, celebrations, defeats, all kinds of stuff along the way. But your your status, your position, your who you are is hidden with Christ in God. Uh, and that's just to nail that into our brains is just a real challenge. Well, I liked how you used verse 12 and you quoted, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. There's that identity you're just talking about that, mm-hmm. you know, are his holy people that he loves. And you continued by saying, as a result of putting on the new nature of learning more about Jesus, of becoming like him, we are to clothe ourselves with the tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, these all sound fantastic. These are a welcome diversion from the flesh if you're in yeah. this struggle. And I think many of us even find these attributes inside of ourselves, but this seems like an impossible balancing act of trying to embrace the positives like we've talked about, letting ourselves off the hook a little bit, but then being faced with an old familiar reality that's just happens so often. I think it's the constant like hamster on the wheel that it just, it just wears us out and we go, I just can't do this. Where do we find, where do we find I don't know, the day-to-day when it just seems like well, we have good days and bad days. We're in the down day, and we feel like we're on the hamster wheel. What do we do to kind of lift us up? You're right. We can't do it. That's the right answer. That's Ooh, the right answer. gold star for Randy well, today. We're, we are dead. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are dead. We're worthless. Dead. In, we, di- we died with Christ. We're risen with him. Our lives are hidden with Christ and God. That's the reality. And when we start trying to think about me, 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 and how am I doing? And am, am I, have I jumped enough hurdles for the day? And have I have I walked it in a perfect way today? Then then we're focusing on the wrong place. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on us, and our focus needs to be on Jesus. I like that. There's a ton of angles, rabbit holes you could go down with this subject, and different ways you could look at it. But I appreciated something you said near the end of the message that goes along with what you just said. You said, when we mess up, we start questioning our faith. Have we really believed? Ouch, that one really hurts. I've messed up. Maybe I never was really saved. The track of our salvation being dependent on what I do or don't do is so firmly laid in our minds that when we mess up, we think we can easily undo what God has done. Ouch, ouch, ouch. (laughs) Have we really believed and we really believe we can undo what God has done and we so often view this again from that I'm going to add to it, 
But why do we think we can undo what Jesus did on the cross and what God did by sending Jesus to the cross simply by making mistakes? I don't, this thinking, when you look at it from that reverse angle, I think that's for me, this is how I'm going to start looking at this because when you said that, it really made me look at it from a different, what makes me think I can undo something that God, the creator of the universe put in place? Well, it reminds me of my kids and your kids and all of our kids that we, you know, there's nothing my kid can do to hmm. affect my love for them. I'm going to love my kid till the day I die. I'm going to love my kids <laughs> and they can be good angels. They can bring great pride to the family hmm. yeah. or they can be booger bears and bring horrible, horrible things onto our name that it would, it wouldn't in no way alter my love for them. And, and I've, I've written a paragraph before, you know, I love you and there's nothing you can do about that. And I think to recognize that that's the way God looks at us. He loves us, and there's nothing we can do about that. He, he has reconciled all things to himself in Jesus Christ. There's nothing we can do about that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's something he's done. <laughs> so, Jeff, I, I had a question. Like this have we really believed thing, as someone that counsels people on a regular basis or they, you know, they're questioning their faith, maybe it's one of these situations you just talked about where they've done something you know, pretty bad in a relationship. And does God love me? You know, do I believe in God anymore? I mean, is this all, why would I do something if I believed in God? And I think we've all been there, but how do we tell ourselves? Cause I've, I've been in that position and it's kind of hard when you're questioning, do I believe? Have I believed? Am I really saved? How do you get yourself out of that hole? What's your advice there? Yeah. You know, that was really, uh, as Andy was talking, I was thinking it's really hard Andy was talking about the parent-child relationship. And until you experience the other side of that, I think there's always going to be those moments of doubt. And those doubts come a lot of times from the issues of centering around, again, focusing on yourself. You know, that all of us, if we go back to our childhood, we remember thinking about, you know, something that we've done and wanting to run away, you know, yeah. <laughs> run away from the very person, you know, the very person that could actually help us to understand how that failure or how that disappointment or whatever it was that we felt that mm. wanted us to run away yeah. is the very person that, that, that could actually help us. So I do think that one of the things that we can do is for us to try really, really hard to help figure out ways in which we can see us ourselves through God's eyes. That's just, you know, that's just not, not an easy thing. But I really do think that if we look at the stories in the Bible, if we look at all the stories that we've read from, you know, our lessons as growing up as kids, when we start to see that God's main desire was not only to bring us back into relationship with him, but to but to, through all of that, to help us see ourselves as he sees us. Hmm. And I think that's the, that's the really hard thing to do. We can do it easier with other people sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. boy, to, to do it to ourselves is really hard. So I think that's what it is, is try to get God's eyes for ourselves. And maybe find someone else that can well help said. us. Maybe find someone that can help us maybe see those eyes, like you just said, you know, sometimes it's easier to see it in others. Maybe we can be a catalyst to help somebody else see that in themselves, see God, how God sees them yeah. and help them yeah. with that. That might be something we can do. I like that. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I hope that as we start to wrap it up, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how successful is Satan in number one, getting you to beat yourself up when you mess up? And two, getting you to project your self-disgust onto God, making himself disgusted with you in your mind. And I'm just like, wow, Andy's just pulling these things out and slapping you upside the face. There's a Veggie Tales, I think it's Jonah, the Veggie Tale movie where the uh, Ninevites are fish slappers. They walk around slapping each other with fish. And that's kind of what I felt like this week because I'm like, hmm. That's been me. And number one is the absolute. I mean, my self-talk often is very negative. And also then it seems like just an outpouring of that experience to then go, and if I'm this disgusted with me, God has to really be disgusted with me. And, you know, you just, it just, it puts you in such a bad place. And so, you know, unless you're like still a new lifer, You've experienced a negative self-talk and you've probably had those same thoughts that God must be disgusted with you because of things that you've done. And I mean, we all have, mm-hmm. but God can, and he will help. I know this from experience and I would love to hear a story of God working in your life to improve your outlook in this area. Or if there's something that you've been able to help somebody else see how God views them and been able to lift them, send your questions, comments, stories, and by voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send it in an email to podcast at wholelife.church. And I really liked the ending to Andy's message. He said, God loves you more than you love yourself. He is the gracious God and you have been raised to new life with Christ. So get your mind off of sinful stuff and focus on Jesus and let him transform you more and more into his very image. Wow. Focus more and more and let him transform you more and more into his very image. I like the sounds of that. We can all work together at this. All right. Are well, that's we... the thing. But if we're going to struggle and work at something, that's a good thing to struggle and work Well, at. that's true. <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah. going to put in the sweat equity, let's make it worth something, right? <laughs> yeah. Something worthwhile. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we, we, have one, we have one more week of this series, correct? Two more. Two more. more. This week, the 23rd and the 30th. Okay. And uh, this week is um, one of those texts that people just freak out (laughs) sometimes when they hear. Uh Uh-oh. And so um, instructions for Christian households. I'll just leave it at that. Colossians 3, 18 through chapter 4, verse 1. And I hope to give you a new perspective. Excellent. Well, now you have your homework (laughs) to read ahead. So, oh, also – I'm pretty sure I heard something about Andy in a virtual lobby Zoom meeting that's happening as you're listening to this. If you're listening to it on the day it go, it comes out on Wednesday, it will be Wednesday, May 20th from 7 to 8 p.m. on Zoom. And you can find the link in today's show notes. What's that about, Andy? That's just a place to drop by and say hi, ask any questions you like, just Pretend we're bumping into each other somewhere that we could bump into each other when we used to be able to bump into each other. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So swipe up in today's show notes and you can find the Zoom meeting link on the calendar there. So join us next Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace, the new message podcast. If you miss church this week, you'll want to catch that. You can do an audio format while you're out and about or mowing the grass or, you know, whatever. And of course, next Wednesday morning, as always, for episode 208. So remember to keep washing your hands, keep socially distancing, even as restrictions continue to slowly be lifted here in Florida. We see a little light at the end of the tunnel, but continue to stay safe. Thanks for listening and have a great week.